2: Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska.
0: We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about.
3: The Bob Seska Show.
2: From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, June 14, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 875 of the Biden-Harris administration, 510 days until the 24 presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Spoutable, Bob Seska, and our Patreon page, of course, is BobSeskaShow.com. Okay, before I talk about my stupendous guest today, I've got a big announcement. The very first episode of Trek Politics with me and Mary Trump is here. It's arrived. It's live. You can download it now if you wanna. And it's with our very special guest, the great Terry Metallus, the showrunner, writer, director, who gave us the best season of Star Trek ever. Plus, Mary and I talk about why we fell in love with Star Trek and so much more. TrekPolitics.com, at TrekPolitics on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on all the major podcast players, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google. And next week, we're gonna be talking with Jerry Ryan, Captain Seven of Nine, right? So like, subscribe, share on social media if you can, and thank you for doing that. Okay, my guest today needs no introduction. You know Hal Sparks from The Stephanie Miller Show and his must-watch YouTube show, Mega Worldwide. Link's in the description for all that. Today, we're digging into the Trump indictments and Hal's gonna give us a masterclass on how to remain optimistic and grounded in the face of all the chaos. Meantime, Think about supporting this fully independent podcast by subscribing to our Patreon page, showcom Okay, buckle up. Here comes Hal Sparks.
3: More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show.
2: Ta-da. Hey, you know what? We, hey. don't, we we don't need your video. You don't have to do the video thing if you don't want to. I, I mean, I don't have mine turned on. I don't even have my. If you idea. don't like don't
1: what like you see? I can't help you. I mean, honestly, that's right. Um, yeah, get that's your fine. hideous face
2: off my computer.
1: Yeah, get your ugly mug off my <laughs> goddamn show, Sparks. Oh my God! Um, hi. Good morning.
2: You know, I know you're super busy, Hal. But have you had the time to install mm-hmm. a chandelier in your bathrooms?
1: Um. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm offended that you would think I didn't start with one. That's on my must-have list. Uh, Do you you even... you know HGTV bro. Uh, honestly, um, <laughs> that's right. You've
2: not only got a chandelier in your bathroom, but there's a ceiling fan attached to it too.
1: For the record, yes, the chandelier in my bathroom actually the, and this is really odd because I have to show you how the actual apparatus works. Yeah. But the chandelier is the toilet, and it's um, there's a, a complicated series of pulleys. But I I find it's it keeps me cleaner than a even a bidet would. <laughs> And that's the important thing. Um, I,
2: I have no idea how that would work, but somehow that makes sense. I don't know why.
1: Well, if you, uh, uh, you, it, obviously, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think it's I, I do like the combination in that bathroom of the um, of the chandelier and the shitty Office Depot um, <laughs> trash can, which, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. I saw that is, if, if I may, yeah. is evidence not only, I mean, obviously a, a bathroom like that is going to have a trash can in it, yep. but the fact that it has a fresh trash bag in it <laughs> means that the the cleaning staff at Mar-a-Lago goes in there all the time. Yeah, exactly. The fucking cleaning staff.
2: It's possible that one of the cleaning staff knows exactly how to attack the United States at its most vulnerable points. Is that where you're saying now? Yeah.
1: yeah, no, yeah. I mean, obviously they, and uh, I mean- Trump is going to be so pissed when he finds, uh, like, one of his ex-cleaning staff now has a, uh, um, you know, a tower in <laughs> Moscow, uh, and he didn't get one. That's right. That's cleaning staff. Can I interest it? you in some documents that I may or may not have? We already have them. Thanks yeah. to four people on your cleaning staff. <laughs> God damn it. In
2: lieu of yeah. gratuity, I'm going to give you this document about how to invade Iran.
1: Well, you know, I uh, yeah, he, that's his, like, first of all, we're lucky he doesn't tip. Right. Because he would tip with classified documents. Exactly. something yeah. for yourself. Get yourself something nice, like a tower in an autocratic country.
2: <laughs> Here's where our missile silos is. This in lieu of the $5 yeah. tip I was going to give you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that um you know that he, this dickhead is using most of his influence uh, that he gained by running for president being president and mm. having access to these kind of documents to try and get towers in all these countries but proves my point that he is ultimately thulsa dumb he is the he is the evil yet ridiculous uh onion version of uh james earl jones's character in conan the barbarian um, <laughs> yeah those cursed towers right <laughs> You know,
2: I'm sure you talked about this on your show, but Trump yes. said last night that the reason he stole the documents is because they were mixed up with his shirts and socks. What, what's the real reason, Hal? Please enlighten us. Why did he take these things? Why did he walk away from the White House with all this crap?
1: Um, uh, for leverage against some of the people he views as being disloyal in terms of people like Millie and Kelly and others. So he took their files and information about them or allies that he, that he wished would like him like Macron. Mm -hmm. And he took that stuff so he could leverage friendship out of their fear that he might release Compromat because it's worked so well with Lindsey Graham and it's worked so well for Putin against him. He thought he'd be like, sort of like a B movie Putin (laughs) ultimately run this, you know, have this, have this file folder, like the villain in, uh, in john wick yeah right You know where he goes and burns burns the vault with all the compromise that helped him control the city yeah also hates dogs that's the primary (laughs) and the reason he hid it amongst his uh his shirts and shoes and and clothing was because that's the thing when he thinks what's too disgusting to touch or root through That's
2: right. What he didn't say, it was his unlaundered shirts and socks and underpants.
1: (laughs) That's It doesn't matter how much you clean them, Yeah, you you can't get the stank off.
2: (laughs) Got to stay one step ahead of Donald Trump's laundry Mm -hmm. if you want to catch him in the act, right? (laughs) God. So along those lines, what's the reason why he didn't give them back? And my theory is, of course, the common theory, which is that didn't want to appear weak. Didn't want to seem like he was capitulating to Joe Biden's Justice Department. Is that it?
1: Um, n- no, not that's okay. not enough. It's, it's yeah. the reason for some of it. Yeah. It's the reason for things like the Kim Jong-un letter. Okay. That, you know, the Kim Jong-un letter is the things like, this is mine. This is my <laughs> love note. Yeah. And only the stuff he thinks he's either going to sell or put in another letters to Trump book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a photocopy, even though he wouldn't know the difference... Won't be enough. He just wants that. Some of that stuff is technically classified because I got news for him. It wasn't written by Kim Jong-un. It was written by somebody over there
4: Mm -hmm.
1: in their, you know, in their propaganda department or part of his ministry of officials. Yeah. And there are things to be gained from looking at it versus stuff that we get from them if we you know, get communications sent through their system. We go, oh yeah, I think we know who wrote this. We know the guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Donald Trump's hoping that no one knows about the auto pen.
1: <laughs> I have to burn all these things that I allegedly signed. Yeah, right. Because it was just stamped. That um. That said, a big portion of this stuff is, um, and I've said this before, there is enough, and, and Bloomberg, any of these other guys will tell you, just like somebody selling a book, like Santorum or Marianne Williamson, mm-hmm. there's a way to get press by running for president that will help you sell books. We know this. It's been yeah. around for a long time. Right. Arguably, you could say Ted Cruz ran to sell books because he's never going to get there. That's just ridiculous. But It's a,
2: it's a business model yeah, to run, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's on top of your, I mean, your idea that you want to seem important to the movement, you can also sell stuff. Mm-hmm. There is an, an even bigger reason why you will see more Bloomberg, Trump, Peter Thiel types running for president, I'm trying to buy their way to the top of the ticket in the future is because access to classified information is one of the most valuable real estate purchasing tools you could possibly have. Where our wars are, where our protections are, where we have ally ships that are working and where they aren't working, tells you what beach property to buy all across the entire world. Mm -hmm. It tells you what countries might be a problem in 20 years, but, or, or, you know, even if we get over this recent problem, we know we're getting past that now and it will be fine. So if you invest when it's low, you can, you can buy low, sell high. That's why it's a, it's a form of industrial espionage. If the United States was a big, you know, a a fellow real estate holder, a giant corporation, if you looked at that, it's like, you know, in Peter Thiel's case, it would be like a a raid, or Mark Cuban would yeah. be like a raid on a on another company. In Trump's thinking and the people around him, they've always known that you get close enough, you can tell where all the good real estate is in the world. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. That's why.
2: Yeah, and so Donald Trump is kind of at the vanguard of a new method of cornering the real estate market. Is that basically it? I yeah, mean, and he's, he's kind of.
1: And- And like every other plan he's had, he screwed it up for everybody else because because, you know, this out this outsider businessman model Uh that was that everybody had, you know, everybody had this mythology. What we need is a real businessman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need that. That myth had been floating in everybody's head for a long time and across and, and, you know, the Democratic side, it didn't really exist. But on the Republican side, it was absolutely a. A sort of Ayn Randian mythology mm. that floated in everybody's head. Right. Yeah. And, and this basically said, well, we tried that. That was crap. Okay. We kind of need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. And it nipped it in the bud. And as much as they're going to try and, you know, prime that pump again, the it's, it, it's flooded with sand. The whole engine is broken and they yeah. know this. And so the Mark Cubans of the world, the Peter Teals of the world, um, even the Bloomberg's of the world are like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to run as the rich guy who knows how to run business. And therefore, <laughs> because Trump screwed it up for everybody, That's like right. he always does. Yeah. And it was uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm also fine with that. Yeah. But it was it's interesting that, that, you know, the first person they tried it with was the least qualified person ever.
2: Do you have any theories about where the documents disappeared to? Like the Iran invasion document is infamously missing at this point. What the hell happened to that crap? And that's the thing that kind of wakes me up in the middle of the night. Okay, (laughs) these documents are loose. They're out there. I remember after the initial search at Mar-a-Lago occurred, we heard about all kinds of empty folders among the tranche of documents. Yep. Where are these documents, Al?
1: Uh, besides Ivana's grave, I think is that that's the prevailing the prevailing idea is that that he's got a he's got an in case of emergency break coffin uh-huh. plan, and that is, uh, Ivana, who was cremated, was also uh, all uh, put in a, in a regular giant heavy coffin was buried near the golf course, which is a, I don't know a bigger way to give your kids the finger <laughs> than that. But whatever, no, I don't know that family at all. It's just sick and odd to me. Um, it's the, it's the opposite of Graceland. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's like, I, I love my, I love my mama so much. And when she passed away, I wanted to be closer all the time. So I <laughs> put her under the septic tank near the tennis court. Like What?
2: It's so funny that you're drawing that Elvis comparison because I've been thinking about the notion of iconoclasts in our, our current pop culture. Donald Trump, sure. absolutely an iconoclast. Uh, Elvis yeah. was an iconoclast. Larry King was an iconoclast. William Shatner, iconoclast. Larry Flint. Michael Jackson, Larry Flint. What is it about these guys? What is it about Donald Trump that fascinates so many people, even those of us who, who despise him, can't look away. I know I can't, uh, I know that I'll I'll
1: tell you exactly what they're for. I'll tell you what they're always for. They're, they're the same value that weirdos and standouts have had (laughs) since time immemorial. They are, uh, the canary in the social and economic coal mine. Mm -hmm. How far can you go before you choke to death on the fumes and the rest of us watch those people and go, I don't know how much this motherfucker can get away with. And then we we go right up to the comfort line below that. And that's where everybody lives. And yeah. you can argue that that's what Trump did, setting loose all these kind of like, you know, wannabe Nazi maggot crowd, you know, angry end timer QAnon types that were always relatively quiet, but they saw him as the canary in the coal mine. That it, he's he's flying down this tunnel into the darkness and they're like, the air must be fine. Yeah. Never mind the fact that he has, a, he has lungs adapted only to toxic air and they're following him down this cavern going, I don't know, he seems happy, but I've died. You know? Um, But that's, that's what those folks are always for. You uh-huh. know, I, I, and we need those people to some degree, or we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be eating oysters. It's just like yeah. nobody, yeah. nobody sensible thinks of eating oysters. Only only the outliers, right? And so there are good people and bad people in that. And right now there are media versions of that canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. How much can you get away with? How much are you comfortable with? And we watch those people, and it's it's the same way like watching the hockey game last night, uh, very exciting, <laughs> night's one. Um, but in that process, mm-hmm. in that process of watching that game, you you watch like, you get right up to the line of what violence is acceptable in life and in an experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that so we do that on a bunch of fronts. We do it, you know, and and that's what those people serve. And Trump and like you know, Sh- Shatner's interesting because he's a more, you know, uh socially malleable one. Like, mm-hmm. how angry can you get with your fan base and still recover? How much <laughs> how loving or smart assy can you be with people before they move to finding it adorable? Jeff Goldblum, how fucking weird can I be in public and still get away with it? You know what I mean? Just weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and then, and then th- then you have the Gary Buseys of the world, and mm. arguably the Donald Trumps of the world where you're like, nah, okay, nope. That's that <laughs> okay. That's the we found the line, everybody. We found the line. Canary's dead. The canary is dead. Yes. The canary has died. Everybody go back. And that's that's what they're, you know, they have value for us. That's mm. and again, it's it, it goes to that um, what I would say is. The People magazine at the checkout counter test, yeah. which is if you look at the story about someone's final brave battle with cancer and their wife leaving them for a much younger person to while they were you know hooked up to a respirator and where, where will the money go and the children have stabbed them in the back and the blah, blah, blah. And you look at those things and actually care about the people there that you can't possibly care about. You get involved in this like, oh my God, she's so bad and he's so good and better. And you don't go, actually, I'm never going to meet these people. They have no reference in my life whatsoever. I'm not even going to be able to yell at the ones I think are bad. The only value this ever has is, how is my life like this? Am I anything mm-hmm. like these idiots? Yeah. Would I do something like that? And if I would, maybe I need to do some cleanup in my soul. That's what those stories are for. Mm-hmm. That's And they do have value in that. But the same thing with Trump is like, you know, it's it's one of those things like, kids, never be like that. Yeah, that's the that's the extent of the value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that theory plays into why I believe you and I are in absolute 100 percent agreement in terms of Mm -hmm. how these indictments will affect Donald Trump in 2024. I believe that Donald Trump is facing diminishing returns where he's hit a ceiling with his support. And in fact, that Mm -hmm. ceiling Contrary to what Joe Walsh and some others are saying, that ceiling is actually getting lower and lower and lower. It's it's trash yes. compacting downward in a sense.
1: Right. Yeah. And so- look at how the you know look at how everybody acted in the trash compactor in Star Wars. You get louder <laughs> right. and you get more nervous and screamy as uh, the walls close in, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what Trump is doing. He's getting louder and screamier on Truth Social. He's flailing like he's not even bo- like he'll do giant paragraphs of stuff, which is basically somebody just. Like he just screams at someone, post that. And then they just type it up or Mm -hmm. or he yells into his, uh, you know, like speech to text and then has somebody, you know, fix it and then post it. Or he just writes election interference (laughs) exclamation point. Right. That's, that's (laughs) the, that's the end of the trash compactor. And there is no 3PO up at the, up in the, you know, control tower going to shut it down. That said, his, his supporters are getting more cult-like and are getting more, you know, it's narrowing down to the absolute. It's they've left the pot on the stove. All the water is gone, and it is boiled down to just the crusty leftover of what without water <laughs> right. is yeah. what soup is, right? Yeah, it's it. that like you burned it, you left it on the stove, and and that's all that, that that's not food anymore. You can't live off that. And he is down to that part. He has burned all the water out of the pot. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, he's he's aware of this. Because that's why he went to that little diner place that they set up for him after in Miami. Yeah. That's why he went to the Waffle House. That's why he went to fucking Idaho and New Hampshire. Dude, the fucking like in any normal situation, any no Republican would announce until this fall, right? Right. The primary's not till next June. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking year away. You're you're blowing your wad everywhere you go. You're just like any argument you have is going to be useless a year from now, and they're not going to make up their minds. And if they've made up their minds right now, th- you're setting them up for a fade. And and this is the one area, and I think you're right about the diminishing return things yeah. in, in this particular area. It's like the, quite frankly, the the neo Christian assholes that pose the uh, what I would call faux Christians. Um, actually like trump the philanderer they like the fact that he fucks around on his wives Mm -hmm. They, they like the fact that he's got all this opulence and extra money and he can and his wives just have to put up with it they like that aspect of of his life yeah but they you know and they and the same thing with like the the georgia thing they think he should be able as president to call somebody and go what the hell's going on down there your guys elections suck You, I got a hundred thousand more votes. Go find me just a little bit of them. We'll work this shit out later. But you're fired. That's what they think happened in Georgia, right? Yeah. But the photos of the boxes in the turlet, and the photos of the boxes (laughs) on the stage in Pine Hall and at Mar-a-Lago, a a rental property that they have seen him not only conduct interviews in in that in the in the board in the ballroom. But they've seen him walk around in there, you know, talking to random weddings where he knows no one. It's a rented space. Yeah, and 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 has blown such holes in the idea that a it's his home or his residence, which I think is hilarious. Watch where the Republicans have moved from home to residence <laughs> when he was when it was raided. Right, it was it served a warrant yeah. like a normal thing. It wasn't raided, but it, when it, when they were like hey, they raided his home, and now they're like they searched his residence, and they're like. They found things in areas of the residence that they shouldn't have probably. That was rude. You know what? <laughs> the this, this, this Santa's guy. I don't know. <laughs> like that's that's where it's moving. Mm-hmm. And and there are a bunch of people who've been looking for a port to jump off this sinking ship for a long time. Some folks are like, nope, I'm swimming for it. And then there's some people who are going to go down with the ship because they don't have an option. The the the. Um, Like, uh, what's his name? Huggins, Buggins, the guy who was like basically calling for insurrection. Um, Marge. Clay Higgins. Yeah. Like, yeah, Higgins. That's right. He like those folks are ride or die because they don't have a future. They're not they've already, you know, pissed on every rhino around them. and go. I'm the real Republican. And they're outnumbered, you know. 140 to one, mm-hmm. and they don't really have a base to speak of. They borrowed Trump, snuck through, nobody else wanted to run against them because they were scared of Trump coming after them. But that was, that. it wasn't because they liked the dude, they just, are shirt, for, as opposed to wearing a D on your shirt. They don't have legs and they know yeah. it, so they've gotta back him, they've gotta stay. But anybody who doesn't have to stay, anybody who isn't a, effectively a co-defendant politically with him, uh-huh. um, is is gonna head for the hills this is the he gave them an out with this garbage they didn't have to give right he could have photocopied all this shit this shit in a year and then given gave all the things back and pretended he didn't have copies he's that stupid that's one of the things that
2: confounds me, Hal, is there are yeah. new reasons for people to abandon Donald Trump coming out in the news every damn day. And yet there mm-hmm. are still people, I mean, even beyond Kerry Lake and some of the copycats who are horking his act and trying to do like a cosplay LARPer right. version of Donald Trump. I'm talking about the inner circle people. And I've got this sort of yes. bug blaster theory. Like they're they're attracted to Donald Trump for some reason, but they know right, that like if they get light. too close, yeah. they're going to explode in a little burst of sparks and flames. And mm-hmm. so uh, why do they keep doing it? They know exactly that Donald well, Trump will yeah. They think
1: they think there's an off-ramp coming. Yeah. That they'll that will give them a clean out. And <laughs> and but up until that moment where it's obvious that his own You know his own supporters, the the ones that they'll act that actually vote, the ones that actually, um, you know, will show up with some regularity, Um, up to the point where those folks are like, "Fuck Trump, I'm done." Yeah. And this is, by the way, the closest we've ever been because this is serious. This is where you're seeing a lot of this. That's why you're Mm -hmm. seeing like Paul Ryan doing interviews again. That crowd, they're coming back. They're they're getting the room to move, and that's they're seeing it. They're seeing that off ramp coming. Yeah. But up till that point. There are a bunch of people who played that middle ground between the never Trumpers and the ever Trumpers that have mm. been kind of trying to weasel their way through it because they know the electorate is, on the one hand, uh, motivated to buy Trump on, you know, and they need that percentage shift. They're, they're 2% with maybe even a Democrat in a purple state, and they've needed that little oomph to go over, but they've had to, like, stiff arm some of it because they'll lose some of the blue and the purple if they're not careful. Those folks— are going, I don't I think this is wrong. This is terrible. We shouldn't be doing this and we have bigger problems than the in America. We should we should be focusing on blah, blah, blah. They're not the comers of the world. They're the ones trying to pass bills. They're the ones secretly by, passing bipartisan bills mm-hmm. and saying we shouldn't be going after a former president. That is their out because if they say we should we should be able to arrest a former president and pass an infrastructure bill, they're done <laughs> in the Republican world. Yeah. That's why. And so they've got to play this, you know, this like like one leg on either side of the border.
2: And I know this is kind of contrary to your nature, at least what I know about you, Hal. And that is is I was wondering if at any level you look at the prospect of Donald Trump maybe becoming the nominee of the Republican Party again, on any level, are you concerned that he's going to become president again and then all of the no, awful things? that? No will, concern. Yeah. No,
1: okay. no, mm-hmm. not at all. all I right. am not concerned that that man and I and I I agree this is one of the few, you know, in, in the broken clock area of agreeing with some Republicans where <laughs> they can be right yeah. twice a day Um I agree with a bunch of them that are like, if we nominate him, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and by I, Paul Ryan, and a couple other people said that, and they're catching shit from Trump and his crowd. But that's absolutely the case. The dude right now, as a as an, as an unknown entity, mm-hmm. Donald Trump went from like 7% or 3% or whatever to 21% to like 80% in the primary polls when, when they, he was running in 2016, 2015. Yeah. Right now, and that was, he hadn't been president yet. He was an unknown entity, right? Mm. And now he's bucking around 50% of his own party. It's one thing, this is, you know, this is never, we haven't had this happen since Nixon, I think, where somebody like lost and ran again. You know, uh, or was in office as vice president and then came back as president with a with a stagger between, yeah. like, but you know, Biden and Obama. We haven't done anything like, and it's certainly not in the modern era. Trump is the first guy to like lose the presidency and then try to get it back a second time. And he's, uh, look, is he far and away ahead of the rest of the Republican field? Sure, um, but he's still only got half of his own party right now Mm -hmm. after he was president for four years he's only managing to marshal half of his own party (laughs) that and that's nuts Mm -hmm. look every president every president who's a sitting president has the benefit of the voters are going to you know show up to You know, they can bitch about the president while they're there. It's like everybody hates Congress, but they love their congressperson. Everybody hates the Senate, but they love their senator. They always manage to show up. The regular voters always manage to show up and keep that person in. Incumbents always have, (laughs) um, you know, because people look around and go, you know, either either they're in a, you know, either – it's the devil you want versus the devil you're with, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea that, Oh, you know, it may be, the grass may be greener, but I don't trust that that's the case. So let's just keep going. It's why we didn't, uh, it's why Bush won a second time because of the war. Like you don't change horses midstream, blah, blah, blah. And people, you know, his, 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 you know, polling was ass in a lot of ways too, but you know, and so Biden, everybody's like arguing about, you know, how they feel about Biden isn't going to be material for another year. And Biden yeah. knows it. That's why he's smiling all the fucking time. He knows <laughs> he's been around. He's yeah. run so many races. He's seen them one. He watched what they said about Obama winning a second term and all this stuff. And he was like, this is going to be fine. And even Obama was sweating. He's like, dude, I'm telling you. And 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 he's right because he's seen it. It uh, Americans, and uh, you know, are just like any other people on the planet. We think the, we we don't get to live through uh, history. That's something that happened to somebody else, and we think that um, things are different now that we're here. It's the it's the same rapture fantasy that people have, which is the Lord hasn't come back, but he's going to come back because I'm here now. Um, that we think we think the mass psychology of the American people is going to change overnight and it's going to shift, and yeah. it ain't. Yeah. yeah, it ain't. And so he will not be president again. Period. End of story. Put a pin in it. Call me and I, and again, I see him once it gets into a tighter fight because he's not a sitting president. So the idea that he wouldn't show up at a debate or something when Chris Christie and all these other guys are going to do it and, and they're genuinely jockeying for the vote and he thinks he can not have to do it and all he's And here's the thing. Let's say he does that. Let's say he doesn't show up at the debates. Like which is this shit he was pulling the first time around Yeah, yeah, was cute then and it's crap now. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's say he doesn't do that and uh, you think his voters are going to vote for the nominee that comes out of the debate process. If Trump drops to 32 percent and somebody manages to get 41 percent out of the field and it's Chris Christie or it's DeSantis or something like that because the Republican Party says, well, you can't be our president. We're we're not going to let you carpetbag and Bernie Sanders your way into our stuff, blah, blah, blah. And they do that and they stiff arm him. You think any of his voters are going to vote for Ron DeSantis or Chris Christie? No. Or no. No. And as a matter of fact, they're going to they're going to viciously go after them. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think Bernie Bros were a problem? <laughs> it was a you know, know minor noisy aspect of the internet. These people are awful, mm-hmm. and and they're the kind of like imagine imagine if you will, Bernie Bros, but they're actual forty percent of the electorate in a party, yeah. and they're always bragging that they have guns. Uh-huh, and they're loud, yes, and they all have a Nazi flag that they can somehow break out of I don't know where the hell they get these all the time, but they and you just I had it laying around right down to Disneyland to protest. Where are we gonna get a Nazi flag? Don't worry about it, slim. I got you covered. Um so, I've always got a new one so so
2: but no. along those lines, Trump disappears what happens yep. with trumpism how does that disappear how do we annihilate that from our our public discourse
1: okay there oh, yeah there's a couple things yeah one is it's always been around in its own kind of hyper religious forms back when reagan was putting out lps mm. that medicare and medicaid and social security are communism yeah and it was around during the moral majority push under Reagan. It was around during the, you know, Newt Gingrich's contract with America and this artificial moralizing they were doing about the Clinton blow job after they went after him for, by the way, Whitewater and this Biden barisma shit is just cookie cutter crap. Everything's a fucking reboot with mm-hmm. these guys. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yep. So they, you know, it's been with us in one form of, the tea party. It's the same shit. It's, it, you know, he's just, they were, they're like, I like Sarah Palin, but women shouldn't be in charge of stuff. Can we find a man who believes that as well? <laughs> oh, look, Donald yeah. Trump. He That's, said, grab him by the pussy. That's perfect. Yep. 100%. And the, he's Sarah Palin, uh, but the, the sexual assaulter version, the male sexual assaulter version. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there've been spearheads all along. Pat Robertson, you know, there've been internal movements in it and and they'll be around. But the, the fate of Trump, We'll end up being I mean, there were people who had there were like Hoover men and Hoover families. And there were people who had, you know, I was talking about earlier on the, on my show that I have a I have a portrait of Obama in the house because I'm proud of the fact that I voted for the guy. Yep, and I'm too. glad America finally had its first black president. Yep. And I think it's a great thing. And I think he was good at his job and he's a he's a good human being. Mm-hmm. And that and I think that is a, there's a lot of honorable aspects to his character that I think are worthwhile. And so I'm very much like one of those old Truman dads. You know that my grandfather had a picture of Truman in his house. Yeah. And, you know, and I get that there will be. And there were also people who had fucking, a, 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 I don't know a, a, what, a napkin drawing of Garfield on there. <laughs> the, the president, not the not the cat. Oh, I see, um, OK, I was thinking
2: the cat. But yeah, you're right. No, no, no the, <laughs> the,
1: the president himself or, you know, or, you know. FDR and Eisenhower people, or what? Like Eisenhower, yeah. there are a lot of Eisenhower Republicans who have mm-hmm. an Eisenhower portrait right yeah. Yeah. in their house. There, there will be Trumpers who have that. Now, obviously, it won't be a dignified portrait like the ones you and I have of Obama, or the ones that they had of Eisenhower, or Truman, or or FDR, or mm-hmm. whatever. It'll be a, you know, be him riding a pterodactyl, um, <laughs> you know, sque- squeezing uh, like some rando Republican woman's breast while firing a machine gun in the air, like some sort of Ted Nugent jack fantasy.
2: Yeah. But, it's it's like artist who does those illustrations where there's like a lineup of... Horace
1: Vallejo. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's the guy. The covers of covers the Conan co- comic books that I used to stare at at length and go, if I do a little more, you know what? If I do some more lat pulldowns, maybe I'll get the striation <laughs> right under... And it worked. Anyways. Anyway, gang. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Trumpism will morph into its huh. next name or whatever. It's effectively yeah. QAnon attached to an individual and that Mm -hmm. individual, they will, if, if he fades into a doddering soup sucking old man, which (laughs) is the future. I, I hope for all. Can't wait.
2: I can't um, wait.
1: You know, I don't wish any ill uh, on anybody that they don't bring on themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and, or if he passes away early or, you know, if he, my concern is him stress dying, because he's unhealthy and obviously on a fade and <laughs> it's all the talk about, right. All the talk about Biden being in bad shape or Biden, you know, when, by the way, he tripped over sandbag, got up, made a joke on his way back. Yeah. And the guy bicycled the next day. yeah, Like he's fine.
2: If I had gone down, tripped over that sandbag, I wouldn't yeah. have stopped complaining about the injuries for three weeks. I oh my God. Right. My knee. What's I, I That sandbag. God damn it. My knee
1: well he broke he broke his ankle <laughs> yeah. like riding uh during the campaign mm-hmm. and you can tell he's got like a shortened tendon in the right leg and he's just trying to be more mobile on it yeah. and another by the way a hundred years ago he would be the president that walks around with a cane like a gentleman and go yeah I broke my ankle or whatever and mm-hmm. and he would point at things with it and it would have a silver tip on it and you know like now. <laughs> would have a monocle now, and, yeah, yeah exactly which I'm for at some point <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, you're pro um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, in, in his second term, Biden has to grow that goatee that's in the famous oh my uh, god, yeah, uh, mid-journey picture of him. Yep. Uh, wear vests and and a shirt with no jacket, and have a cane that has uh, a picture of like of Trump's head on it um, that he can just squeeze all the time. Not a hard top, yeah. like a softball top, like a like a stress ball that he can just kind of <laughs> s- squeeze. All- the Trump heads, you know, for his cane or whatever. They jokingly yeah. whops around, and then you know he can when he when he leaves the White House on his final day in office, he can do a version of putting on the wrist ritz, and they'll they'll bring in uh, the like a hologram of Gene Wilder. A boy can dream, he? Oh Anyways, yes. point.
2: I'm so with the, you. The,
1: the point is, is that my worry is that when Trump collapses mm-hmm. from whatever is going to get him, because he's not in good shape and he doesn't care to take. Again. I don't know why I have to remind people of this, but this is absolutely true. Trump believes you are born with a finite number of heartbeats and when you run out, you die. Yep. That's his thing. That that he he thinks Jim Fix or the the, the jogging dude or whatever died because he he sped up his heart <laughs> by by jogging and he used up too many heartbeats in his time on earth. Like the just think for a second how <coughs> fucking you would have to it's be remarkable remarkable that's I, to uh, to still think that i mean i understand it when you're let's say you're i don't know you're at wharton and you try weed for the first time yeah you're and reading you're ayn gonna, rand yeah yeah you're reading ayn rand and you're blowing off well someone's reading it to you uh you got a book yeah. you got the book on lp mm-hmm. and uh you know one of your buddies in the frat uh scratches it because he's trying to become a, a dj <laughs> And you hear parts of it. I, don't, I understand how a thought like that could occur to you um, in the same way that some people are high enough to go, I don't know, uh, uh, look, I know the the globe is round, but everywhere I look outside, it looks pretty flat. I mean, I know there yeah. are mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thought passes through someone's head and then you go, oh, wait a second, I'm i I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> Trump in, never had that moment mm-hmm. about this thing. Yeah. You, this, this fucker thinks... He's like, like he's going to look at his watch and go, Oh my God, I'm down to 10. And that's it. Like, don't even go to, don't even take me to the hospital. I got 10 beats left and I'm done. That guy, you want that guy in charge of solutions.
2: Right. In charge of the nuclear codes.
1: Ugh, right. God, right. Well, even, even solving for that, like, mm-hmm. uh, you're like uh, he's not a smoke him if you got him, but he's a, you know, you got to die of something kind of a guy. Right. Right. Um, So, uh, and right now, right. It's interesting. Like they talk about how he's like, he's, you know, he's moving into this like grandpa phase. They're trying to, they're Mm -hmm. trying to rebrand him because Biden did very well on that aspect. Yeah, A lot of people look at Biden as like, look, my grandpa, you know, we can't play fucking tennis anymore. The dude's sharp as a tack. And if we have to make a decision, we ask him. Yeah, That's how people think. That's how a lot of people think about Biden. Like, you know, it takes him a minute, but when he comes to the decision, it's the best advice. He's been around the block a few times. He's not messing around, and he and he wants us to live, and mm-hmm. therefore he's making decisions on that. Yeah. Whereas the 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 folks around Trump are like, well, we need to repaint him in this grandfatherly thing because that worked for Biden to some degree, <laughs> you know. And we'll get that out there. He's shown up, you know. He's eating real food with people. We got to get a picture of him driving a car instead of like pretending to honk the horn like he's a, a kid driving past a semi in the <laughs> '70s in the back <laughs> yeah. seat. If you pull your hand down like this, they honk, you know, that kind of shit. Cause he never got to do it as a kid and he yeah. watched movies where they did that. And he's like, is that what childhood looked like? So <laughs> they got a picture of him with his grandkids on the plane. First of all, they're all standing. So the kids didn't take the plane with him or they rode somewhere else or he sent them off to some other section of the plane mm-hmm. afterwards or something. Like, Why are they not sitting with you? Like if my, look, if my grandkids, and I think you feel the same way, Yeah, yeah. if my grandkids were on my plane with me and I'm flying to these stops and my, my daughter or my son brought their kids, I'd be like, sit up here with grandpa, you guys, yeah, yeah. And I'd send my kids to the other section of the plane and have the grandkids sit with me in the plane and go you want shirley temple what are you doing let's eat some you i got we can all, all pretzels you want Remember, bring over those little crystal glasses that they have in limos the ones i got <laughs> yeah and put some pretzels in it for these kids and then you guys tell how school that's how it would be that's honest to god that's like uh, you know in my mind that's a fantasy that's a that's a that's heaven to me in some degree. They're some missing
2: degree. A, a huge opportunity. Today's his birthday. What they need to do if right. they really want to pursue the grandpa frame is get mm-hmm. him into a bed wearing like an old guy's pajamas, with all mm-hmm. of his grandkids gathered around the bed and Donald Trump sitting there in bed eating a slice of cake for his birthday. Oh, oh my uh, God, they're talking about <laughs>
1: It would work, but the problem is, it would. They, first of all, he's he's like he's such a classist <laughs> asshole yeah. that the that the cake would have to be something that looks like it was baked at Tiffany's. <laughs> And the only thing that would work and that, I, I understand exactly the image you're setting up, is that you let your kids make the cake and it's gonna be awful. It's gonna yeah, be right, right. fruity pebbles. It's gonna have bubble gum on it. It's gonna have, it's, you know, one of them, one is going one of them's gonna come up with an idea of pancake syrup and pop rocks, right? Between two of the layers. And it's gonna be like it's gonna endanger your life to eat a slice just because the chemical interactions that might blow your stomach out of your chest. <laughs> but you do it anyways because you love them, right. and you go, "Oh, this is great. You guys are lovely." And then you look at the adults in the room as soon as they turn their, "Hey, you kids, want to go to? Should we take them to Fantasyland or Disneyland or whatever the thing?" And then you you, kick, you spit it out into a napkin and go, "I love you guys." That <laughs> moment, which is real, yeah, he's totally incapable of having that moment. He'd be laying on top of the covers, wearing
2: his full suit, perfect, as stiff as a board. And the cake Mm -hmm. he would be eating would be like baked by Gordon Ramsay or something like that. It would be like this. That's right. And he would have a
1: remote in his hand while they're singing happy birthday. He'd be pointing at the TV and going, this guy's scum. This guy, they will let anybody on the fake news, you know, like he wouldn't, he can't. And again, this goes to that canary in the social coal mine idea. He's a can't yeah, yeah. stop, won't stop. And that's who you look at. It's a it's where like, you know, extreme vegans and extreme and liver king. Like there are these, you know, <laughs> right, the edges king. of the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you go, I'm not doing all that and I'm not doing all that. But some of that on the other side is not too bad. And thank you for going so far that we recognize, oh, this is safe and this is safe. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Same thing happens socially. And Trump is that exact. He's such an, he's an extremist. Right. He has no. True connections. He has no friends. Nope. and his family manages him. That's abundantly clear. I mean, they, like he has all the connection of, uh, like he vacillates. You can tell between his family views him in two ways: as either a Macy's parade balloon that's <laughs> floating in the living room, or a or a squirrel loose in the house. <laughs> high on cocaine this is these are the two versions of grandpa or dad that they deal with all the time Uh uh-huh right
2: there's actually an upside to liver king dying and that is that donald trump would have chosen liver king as his running mate in 24 i'm almost entirely convinced they're carved from the same fraud stone
1: right right exactly (laughs) um so (laughs) by the way uh i i to uh, Brian Johnson, is, is he really dead? Is Liver King really die?
2: I think he did, is. Um, did did I misread oh, wow. that? I thought he was dead. I don't know. Maybe, yeah.
1: maybe he did. I don't know. I, I mean, he the... admitted to using um, uh, steroids recently, and he got canceled. I don't know if it means dead. But anyways, point being, though. Uh he, no he's alive he's 45 years old. Oh you're right. Oh uh, in- okay.
2: Yeah, apologies to yeah. Liver King. I thought he was gone. All yes. right. Right, well, he got caught. Well, That's I mean, the difference. Yeah, he got caught yes, he doing was caught, steroids, yes. even though he said he was natural. So
1: right. there is still a chance okay. uh, MAGA. Um don't let Bob <laughs> Seska tell you that you don't have a shot at a true running mate for for <laughs> Donald Trump. And I, when I say running mate, I'm, I I you know the the funny thing is is that Liver King while he might be alive now would probably be be dead within weeks of joining the ticket because Trump would force him to eat what Trump eats and it would kill yeah. him because right. his body is not adapted to garbage or something <laughs> like, right. anyway so the uh the 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 extremity aspect of of this is is the you know is what is my point or whatever is that Trump mm-hmm. is the you know is is far down the trail of where some of these people would like and the and the high re, the religious types and the conservative tra- types Less the conservatives now, because I think they've they've become disillusioned with the illusion that they attributed to him. But but he himself and the and the religious type, the the neo-Christic fascist crowd were like, I don't care if he's evil. I just want him to get over, get done, get rid of Roe v. Wade and anything else he wants to do in that process Mm -hmm. is fine by me. And if he can do something about these brown people coming from the southern across the southern border, Um, you know, that's the, that's the next thing I want now that he's done this, this is what I would want him to do next. Yeah. It's a bonus. And yep. And they're okay with anything else that doesn't, and I always use the analogy that he's a pit bull. He's their pit bull. They don't care if he shakes the baby. They just want him to bite the right people when the time comes.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They don't care if it's, if he's a danger to the family, they don't care that if grandma leans over and tries to kiss him on the nose, she'll take her head. He'll take her head off. they don't mind that part. That's that's a threat they can live with because the threat that they're afraid of, namely strangers in their yard, is greater and will always be greater because it's based on a mythology than the the danger of that person one-to-one. And this is how people get ripped off by televangelists. This is how Bernie Madoff's of the world make things. This is how crypto took off. There is an element of you know, within my safety zone of what I'm, the bullshit I'm comfortable with, I I will allow a certain amount of chicanery going on mm-hmm. because I fear outside this, beyond the you know the realm of reality in this mythological I win the lotto, crypto will go through the roof, Dogecoin to the moon, <laughs> um, the there's it's an invasion at the southern border. You know the uh, the globalist Soros is going to set all the open up all the prisons and dump everybody out. That mythology which the Republican party has maintained under Trump consistently is far scarier as it would be because it's, I mean, it's a horror movie. It's not real, but it's scary as shit. So that possibility is scarier to them than the reality of any damage they think he could do. And they lie to themselves repeatedly about the damage they think he could do Mm -hmm. because, well, I mean, I can grab a woman by the pussy, but I'm not letting my daughter (laughs) stay over this house. Right. That's the, you know, that's that's how, that's how they fix that problem. I'm uh-huh. never going to hate, you know, or or some of the women are like, he can, you know, yeah. um that's different because that's consent, lady. You don't understand. And he's not interested in grabbing you because you asked him to. He th- he only finds value in things he can take because yeah. that's the lesson he learned from his parents. That's the lesson he learned in the 80s. And that's the lesson that the stimulants he's been on allegedly for years have taught his brain. His synapses are based on the idea that cheating will get you a dopamine fix. Yeah. But just winning on its merits will not. That's mm-hmm. a and that's a dangerous spot to be in as a human being, but it's because it, you will it's it, it's it's kind of like that uh Sam Bankman-Fried dude, yeah, who was you know the MBA like who was um you know the crypto dude. He was on medications, like he was using them as nootropics, like anti um what was it? Like an anti Parkinson's med that, that helps you, you know, it it feeds you a constant dopamine. It keeps you working. Wow. But it also triggers this thing because once you take it off or once it fades out, you, it's harder and harder to get a dopamine fix because you've, you've kind of overstretched the rubber band as Mm -hmm. it were. And so you do riskier shit. You get involved in, you know, multiple relationships and fuck around and you create, you know, this kind of like he had, he had this kind of like sex nest at the house because no one's going to be enough. You've, you know what I mean. You're not in it for, you're in it for the unknown, not the connection. You're, you're in it for the lack of intimacy, not the intimacy, right? Exactly. In that situation, yeah, because you, yeah. because that's the only place you're going to get that dopamine fix. And the same thing, and gambling, right? And so Trump inter- increasingly, and you watch this in his behavior, and why he doubles down, and why he's willing to like just flagrantly BS around his guilt mm-hmm. is because there's two reasons one is he's got no he, he gets a dopamine hit from every time he doesn't get shut down by it because he gambles and wins socially yeah in that social canary you know gambling analogy mixed together yeah and then the other part is is that he he gets the, you know uh, the benefit of testing well testing everyone else's lines so if somebody pushes you and you back up um you know metaphorically speaking, um, they, hmm. they, they have gotten that ground now and they know that you will see that ground in the future, even if you step forward again. Yeah. And that's, Trump has lived his entire life bumping the uh, people's boundaries all the time because he can afford to back off and split. He's always like, I can leave a negotiation if I want to. Well, in business, you can do that in government. You can't, cause you can't fire the poor. Right. You right. can't, you can't quit a war because it's the return on investment is bad. It's, you know, it's not that kind of thinking. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he's like, we should have kept the oil. We should have gone into Venezuela and just taken their oil at this point. <laughs> like he's, it's just idiotic. It's it, yeah. like, there's no analogy to it.
2: All right. Today's show is brought to you by the after party podcast on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Suska show podcast for the week, right here in the refrigerator. But this one's totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And bonus, there's more. You're also going to get two shadow docket shows every week included in that same level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow, and we thank you.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
2: I mean, one of the reasons he failed so badly and one of the reasons he's in such legal jeopardy right now is because he just had no understanding about how government or the presidency works. I mean, he had sort of a Fox News bastardized version of politics in his head, but that expertise was never there. So consequently, he's operating on this different level. It's like this. I don't know. It's like this childish poser level of politics where he doesn't have an accurate uh, understanding of it.
1: It's even. I would even say there's even an element of it that's even more fun than that. Is that remember what they would say about Obama and just one need only think of it was about everything. But Mm -hmm. one need only go back to the the conversation around the ACA where he was like they're taking this thing and they're shoving this down our throat. Remember that that was like it got voted through it passed bipartisan, it wasn't, you know, a hundred percent, you know, it was a little bit over, but the the prevailing party and some of the other party got together and passed this thing because they recognized it was a problem. The vast majority of Republicans disagreed on the solution or if there even needed to be one, because you can agree there's a problem, but you can also go, there's no solving it like mm-hmm. a hurricane. You know, you can't nuke a hurricane and that's <laughs> where, I, you yeah. see what I mean? So, right. So, but the, you know, the ACA, the, the language around it was that Obama's trying to be a dictator? He's going to do Agenda 21. He's going to do all this, you know, the Alex Jones stuff. They were all of his, all of his executive orders were dictatorial, illegal, you know, uh, you know, absolute examples of the the supreme executive power of the presidency. Which, by mm. the way, when they're in power, they're for. But when it's a Democrat, they're wholly against, and that person's becoming a dictator. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think most of the Republicans know that's bullshit. Most of them know mm-hmm. that's not true. They know that bills got passed and he had to negotiate with him because they were part of the negotiations. Yeah. But Trump just watched it on the news. He just watched Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and these assholes talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, my God. So if you're president, wait, you get to be a dictator? I um, <laughs> Yeah. Hold on. Right. And so when he got in there, he tried that shit a lot. He made, you know, dictatorial statements on Twitter and they didn't become policy or law. And he was like, what the fuck? It's like learning yeah. to be a
2: surgeon by watching ER. You're not going to learn right. how to cut into someone's and body. And not everybody by looking- gets up. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and so the idea is that he had this mythical idea of what the presidency was like, the, mm-hmm. the, about the legal constraints that that. Obama, even that Hillary Clinton and everybody else who was in the administration was skirting the law and doing these extrajudicial things all the time and getting away with it. That yeah, was the thing. Yeah. They were either getting away with it or they were allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so he, like I said, most of the the what he would call rhinos knew that was bullshit, that that's just bully pulpit nonsense, mm-hmm. but that they could use to sell to their voters that you need me in there so that I can take care of stuff. I can stop them from doing this dictator stuff and I'll listen to you. So they were actually arguing for democracy at that point. Trump came in and argued, how about I'll be king instead? If if Obama can be king and do king shit, I'll do king shit when I get in there. And his MAGA followers who watched the exact same news diet he did went, shit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And And they're like, he'll be our king. And that's effectively what they've been going for. So the problem was you can't there's all kinds of shit. The, the presidency is one of three equal branches of government. There's tons of constraints. You can try to push the boundaries of it, but you'll get pushback. And that pushback, unlike social pushback or a woman you meet in a fucking dressing room at a department store, that they can only you know those folks can only push back so much. Yeah. The government can fucking push back because it represents the entirety of the electorate, not just the people that put you in there. And that seemed to be news to him. And yeah. it and the interesting thing is after four years of fucking being there. It still seems to be used. He, he still doesn't know. Yeah. He didn't get the lesson. he didn't, yeah, he still thinks he can just take shit and run off with it. And really? he's like, well, uh, Biden did. Like, no, hmm. they handed, they hired, they. the governments put security on a warehouse so they could go through all the documents that were created. And, and unless Joseph R. Biden wants some of his vice presidency stuff for a library for himself, vice presidents can have, Parts of their presidential of the like Obama library would be here's some stuff Joe Biden did because we were a team and you go through all your shit and you you know you work through that and you give it to Nara and you give it to the um you know the administrator of that and they they'll do effectively a, a line of special masters people with with clearance and they'll leaf through all of it and they'll give you the stuff you can have or a copy of the stuff that that you can have. And then they'll keep all the real shit because it's not yours, it's the American people's. And we might need it in the future when we find out you were a criming asshole. Mm -hmm. And so Trump left with a bunch of, like a mix of compromise and evidence. (laughs) And I think the chances are that he thinks, and this is, again, this goes to how stupid he is. (laughs) He thinks that some of the shit that was in those envelopes that was evidence of him trying to commit a crime, his notes on paper, his stuff that was in folders that everybody's like, they're gonna try to come after you for this boss. He took those folders and he shredded them, he mm-hmm. burned them. Yeah, the f- empty folders had some of that stuff. And that's if we're lucky, that's if it's if it's gone. That's the thing they don't seem to understand about the Hillary Clinton emails thing is like, she destroyed them, she bleached bits, she destroyed emails. Well, it sure as shit aren't in the hands of our enemies then. She didn't put them on display at a golf course. Yep. What are you talking about? I'm less, that's why I'm less worried about it, dummy. But in the case of Trump, he, you know I think there was a mix of reasons why he did this stuff. And I think the most telling box of all is the one that he got upset about. That's the one where the FBI took all the the documents in some of those folders, the famous one, and mm-hmm. took what was in this box and laid it out on the floor with a little tent next to it and said, this is the evidence from this box. That's what that picture was. And he he reacted like, oh, they think I spilled his top documents all over the place. They, they wanted you to think I would never do that. Okay, first of all, asshole, nobody thinks that. We all have watched Law and Order. What's the matter with you? Yeah. But the box he had it in is right next to it.
4: Mm.
1: And I I would ask anybody to go back and look at that picture because what is that box holding? It's all framed magazine covers and framed pictures of himself and all this stuff was stuffed in between the framed pictures. Yeah. Like like arranged that way. Like he you know, I can I can fit a couple of folders between these two and a couple between this. If we do it all in one lump, they'll be able to see it. So we laid it in there and you really can't even tell it's there. Like that <laughs> That's what the plan was. Yeah, and it's super yeah. obvious. That's what the plan was.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And
1: where and and the Biden-Penn Center stuff and all that, like, this is like old stuff from, you know, practically 9-11 that is asked and answered. There's multiple copies of it, declassified versions of it. But the classified version, it was the classified markings on the stuff found in Biden's office. All are things that have been since declassified or not classified anymore because time has passed. And and they just have ma- they just have the classified markings still on them. Yeah, they're not timely, especially the stuff from when he was a fucking senator. It's uh, none of that is germane to fuck all at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, specifically, whatever they've mentioned, every time they mention something, it's why they don't mention anything. If you'll notice yeah. when they don't talk. And then I think and that will benefit us, too. I think anybody who's talking about this should talk specifically about the nuclear uh, codes, the Iran um, uh the plan, by the way, is a retaliatory strike on Iran if they attack us or Israel. And I think people need to talk about it in those terms. It wasn't yeah. a direct attack plan on Iran. That was the thing. It was a retaliatory plan if Iran attacks anyone. And Trump wanted to see it so that he could attack first. Right. That was what Milley was talking about. OK. And he's too stupid to even know what's in that. That's the amazing part. <laughs> Listen to the record. Like, the tr- look at the transcript of the recorded part of that. Mm. And it's super obvious he doesn't realize that what he's reading, he describes it. But even in his description of it, you can tell he does not know what the fuck he's looking at Yeah, and what Millie gave him because it's amazing. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, pardon me for prattling, but this part <laughs> drives me fucking crazy.
2: No, I love it. Keep going if you want to. Yeah. All right.
1: Good. Well, the, the essence of this is that is that Trump himself um, gathered this stuff together as leverage against his enemies and 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 investments in his future because information is power in his mind over certain people. And if he wants, he's never going to have Trump Tower Moscow now, but Trump Tower Paris might work if I have shit on Macron. That's what he was thinking when he's left. It's super obvious. It's how he talks. It's how he lives. It's not surprising to fucking anybody. The 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 fascinating part is, and this is what we will, we'll never really be able to find this out, mm-hmm. maybe in 50 years when they declassify it like JFK shit. But I am under the impression that there was a period where, especially after January 6th, but certainly after the election, where the intelligence community was concerned that Donald Trump was gathering up documents in case he had to leave the White House. They were aware of it. People inside were telling them he's taking these documents. He's getting Kash Patel to make copies of shit. He's putting them in some of this shit and hiding it in his desk and other places so that if he has to leave, if he's forced to leave, he can just grab this stuff and go. And he's going to use it as leverage or revenge or any stuff. There's no fucking way somebody in the white house didn't go, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> so, um, I, I would question the reality of some of the stuff that he thinks he got. Yeah. That they may have been. And I've, I've told this before, if you ever want to find out, and I'm sorry if we're running out of time, but I, if you ever want to find out if you're, if, if you ever, Bob, if you ever start a cult okay, and I, um, I, re- I recommend it. I, um, <laughs> It's a, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, fun. It's a it's, great it, way to earn yeah. a living.
2: Great way to spend a weekend. Sure. Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, if, you, if you've ever seen wild, wild country, the the yeah. documentary series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it like you watch it and you're like, this is terrible. And then three episodes in, you're like, I want a cult. Anyways. That's, oh my God. Wait, 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 so an airplane yeah. and how much sex? <laughs> All right. So anyways, the, uh, he, uh, one of the ways one of the ways you uh, test the levels of secrecy within your cult Mm. is you gather everybody together and go, Hey, we got a new code word. We're going to tell it to all you guys. we got to tell it to you individually. I'll talk to you. Everybody come to me and I'll give you what the new code word is, but you're going to get a new one. So everybody knows there's a new code word. Yeah. And then, and then they go, okay, cool. And they leave the meeting and then everybody comes by in their regular meeting and uh, the agricultural group comes in and the, and the weapons group comes in and the weird robes, group comes in and whatever. And each one of them, you go, okay, the new password is yellow. Um, and and the next group comes in, you go, the, the password is orange, don't tell anybody. And then the third group, you know, the password is purple, don't tell anybody. And the final password, and, and don't use them amongst each other because you guys know each other. You only use this out in the world with my operatives you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you send some people out and you see which number comes up or which uh, color comes up. Mm-hmm. If somebody whispers, if there's a leak, you go. It's purple. It was. There was never a code word, but you now know. Okay, section three is the problem. Yeah. And then you start refining it by purple one, purple two, purple three, purple four, purple five. You take mm-hmm. purple group in, and you start giving sections of them. Uh, you know, your code word is going to be more refined. And if they're not on to you, that basically it'll be purple five, and you'll go. Okay, it's purple five, and then you weed out those people, and you finally work your way down to who the leak is. That's how it always has worked. That's. It's not that yeah. complicated a process, but that's the that's the. Broad strokes of it. Trump has no system like that whatsoever. Right.
2: Ask people, are you the leaker? And if they say no, he goes to the next person. <laughs> exactly. And
1: system. he he's the leaker. Yeah, he exactly. He walked up to these two. He doesn't, like, how'd this information get out? How'd it get out? Motherfucker, you told them. Yep. You were standing there. You, you walked up. To, do you check the room before you start yammering at the people you want to talk to? So those two reporters that were doing the book on Mark Meadows come to his place. He starts... Bitching about Millie to them. It's not even a book about him. It's a book about fucking Mark Meadows, and he's complaining. The fuck is wrong with you? And then it, you listen, look at the transcript, and there's a staffer who brought it to him, and it, uh, who's like, ha, 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 Oh, well, yeah, I guess we're all in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't I don't have clearance for this. You, yeah, you're just getting me involved in a crime, you fucking tool. I got to get out of here. We're really
2: screwed now. I think that's actually yes. part of the transcript. It's amazing. It is.
1: And the, and the amazing part is Trump's not even aware that he's, that there's anybody else around. Right. And in the white house, not so much a problem because everybody who's in that building has clearance. But, but as soon as he went back to Mar-a-Lago, he was looking at fucking satellite photos in the dining hall. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He, and that's yeah, and I remember why he lost his security clearance. Yeah, yeah. His security clearance.
2: I mean even while he was president and I remember him uh giving our Syria attack plans to President Xi of China and while he was eating yes. the big beautiful chocolate cake. Yeah, he he plays right. fast and well, loose with he, this yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, he the I mean obviously when he had Lavrov and those guys in the fucking oval. Oh god, yeah. And yeah. and and what is it 3 weeks later that like an Israeli agent is murdered. Um, in, I want to say it might've been Dagestan, but it was like one of, one of Israel's agents because Russia is pushing back and, and like they, they fuck around with the Yemeni Houthis in Syria and they give guns and stuff to like, there's, there's a thread of weapons Mm -hmm. that goes into Syria that, and those guns and weapons sometimes get pointed at Israel. So Israel has people who are looking into the chain of weapons that's in Syria while the rebels are fighting the government of syria and syria's government is fighting any other group there are other folks are like look at these guns laying around let's use them on israel because they're the real problem and so israel looks into that of course they do this has nothing to fucking do with this isn't even a problem for russia except in its arms sales yeah and so the the idea that israel would have spies in dagestan or in other places where these weapons are finding their way like okay who's we know you're selling them to the rebels, but who's selling them to this group? Who's selling them to Purple Five? Because whoever's selling them to Purple Five, they're not using them on Assad's forces or, or on the rebels or mm. the Kurds or any of that shit. They're shooting at us. Yeah. So who the fuck is that? And so one of those guys got killed after that meeting. Is it correlative or causative? I can't know, and neither can you. Mm-hmm. But it's hinky as hell. And considering how slapdash he is just blabbing this shit. Yeah. It's really concerning. I mean, the way those guys were laughing in that room—as cruel and awful as those human beings are—it's like it's like when he made Epstein laugh. Mm-hmm. If you look at the video of him, <laughs> yeah. that, that GIF, <clears throat> right? He makes Epstein laugh. Epstein doesn't just laugh. Epstein does the double-over embarrassment laugh. I can't believe you said that. Now, Epstein <laughs> is an a manipulative sociopath with who's a horrible. Uh, was a horrible human being Mm -hmm. and and for the record. So he could absolutely, that could be one of his ways of charming people into thinking you're worse than I am. It's a psychological trick that you can use on people like, Oh, you're bad, man. That, that automatically sets the person in a power position where if they're somebody who is on a moral, a morals hunt where they're trying to find their moral place in the world, they'll feel bad. And if there's someone like Trump, they'll think like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the most macho dude in the room. I made that guy, you know, who's got all these chicks around him. And a lot of them are on the young side. <laughs> um, I made that guy double over and say I was bad. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's exactly, that could absolutely be how he plays people because I, I, Epstein was a, a manipulator. No question. Other, some people lined up to be manipulated. Some people found themselves, you know, behind the eight ball, whatever that said, Trump was impressed with himself for doing it. Doesn't matter what Epstein was doing to him. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he was, he may have been manipulating him or or laughing genuinely that uh, Trump whispered something fucking so gross that it creeped out Jeffrey Epstein while making him laugh uncomfortably. Yeah. Doesn't matter because Trump was chuffed that he did it. He was proud of himself. And that is about his character. Beyond the gullibility of whether or not Epstein or somebody could manipulate him, which is scary enough if you want that guy in power again, Mm -hmm. the fact that Trump was impressed with himself, that he made that guy laugh when he said something really nasty. Yeah. It's amazing.
2: It was the same with the Lavrov meeting. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Because I have a whole theory about that. I think Lavrov gifted to Donald Trump prior to that meeting his own brand of uh, face makeup, his own brand of pancake makeup for his face. And I call Uh it Lavrov Lavrov purple. If you noticed in the Uh pictures. Lavrov's face is the same color as Donald Trump's face I think they were trading uh a uh, foundation makeup secrets right. or something like that and just to butter up Trump like okay we're gonna gift him with something that he can put on his face because we know he likes that so here you go and it, so Donald Trump thinks that that's like some sort of grand token of appreciation and loyalty right. that Russia is gifting him so I've developed this whole narrative in my head obviously about the makeup but it's it's weird how they've got yeah. the same color skin face skin look, in those uh, pictures. Look, I
1: mean, yeah. There's, yeah. First of all, um, you, I've read <laughs> with this point, three, three, four books uh-huh. on spy craft in my life. Yeah. Because as a, as a comedian, part of your job is riot control, mm-hmm. psychological manipulation of an audience that has gotten out of hand at any given point. And when I was young, especially I read before I left high school, I'd read, uh, uh, awaken the giant within, um, the Dianetics. Um, wow. I'd read. I I'd read um, the Fountainhead. I'd read. The, I'd read the Bible three times, two times before I was fourteen years old. Oh my god! All the way through, big time Southerner. Yeah. Um, But in in going, you know, through like I, you know, I, I was I had a voracious appetite for stuff. Never read Mind Kampf, though. Never made that one to my. That was never on my nightstand. Interestingly <laughs> right. enough, it was, it was the one I was able to avoid. Curiously enough, read Sun Tzu's The Art of War um uh how to influence friends and influence people um how to um uh yeah they, like anyways anything I can get my hands on yeah yeah Uda uh, Hagen's respect for acting and in that I also read two books on spycraft one was particularly stupid and a little dumb and all of Stephen K Hayes's ninja books and um if you haven't if you don't know Stephen K Hayes uh did you even 80s <laughs> so uh Stephen K Hayes um, it you know, it was the mm. ninja guy in the 80s, wrote a bunch of books and you could buy ninja craft books. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yep. Read all of them. <laughs> so in the spy books, though, they all talk about how to engage people. Mm-hmm. What you do is, you know, you don't, it, 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 one of the tricks is, let's say I ask you something about yourself and I want to engage it and, I, and you go, I love 80s movies. And that's uh, that's, you know, something you've offered up about yourself. You go, and most people will go, I really love 90s movies. I'm a big fan of this. What a spy will do is they'll go, I love 80s movies, especially John Hughes movies. Mm -hmm. Or I love 80s movies, especially like the Stallone-Schwarzenegger fight between the two of them, like on body count. Like that's one of the most 80s things about. And then you have engaged with someone, differentiated yourself, and shared a new data point with them that they believe they're inside you. And it, as far as you know their it, their intimacy of your psychological workings, and that's how you do it. yeah, it's it it's it, like I, I've never felt the need to use that because I make friends easily, but I'm aware of the tools. <laughs> the interesting thing about Trump is you don't even have to do that. You have to do that with Joe Biden. You would have to do that with Barack Obama. You would have to do, it, and it wouldn't always work, by the way. yeah. like it that they'll um, they've met enough people where they're like, ah, this guy's kind of bullshitting me. But all you got to do, it, it, with Trump, is he goes up and go, uh, what kind of movies do you like? He goes, I, I love all movies. I'm like, that's what's great about you. You just love all movies. <laughs> all movies. You know, nobody loves all movies. You're, I think mm. you're the only guy I've ever talked to who loves all movies. And that's great. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to be specific yeah. at all. That motherfucker will jump on the hook. And go, I don't even know why you had to put this worm on here. Honest to God, I'll just jump on the hook. Just, <laughs> just seriously. Right into you know, it. I don't even know why you're.
2: Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Yeah, that's that, that's what he does. Right. He just fucks himself.
1: And, and, right. And But in the process, he is so easily manipulated. Yeah. That, uh, you know, as, if you look at the Russians, like going through different marks and people that they were going to gain control of over time, you know, in our in our history, including the, you know, the guy who gave Russia the bomb technology from the United States thinking they talked that dude into thinking like, well, if the United States has it, no one is safe because they might use it, but somebody else should have it so they can have a gun too in this. Like that's a, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, especially if you, you're you like, I should give it to Russia. They have gulags. Like it's, how about, I don't know, maybe give it to the Philippines all of a sudden to like pick somebody small, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> point being, this guy gave it to the Russians because they talked him into it. It took work mm-hmm. years. Trump, it was a matter of weeks, like,
2: yeah.
1: would you uh, hey, uh, would you like to fuck her? <laughs> like, that's it. That was the entire negotiation. Right? That's, the, that's
2: the end. That was it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was uh, It was like, you know, he's like, yeah, okay. And we'll give you a, that chick and, like, we can build a tower here. It's never going to work out, but you don't need to know that at this point. And, <laughs> and that's where he is. Like, he's the hmm. easiest mark they have ever frigging had. Yeah. And you compare that to what they think. This goes to the whole thing they think about uh, Obama as a dictator and Trump wanting to be the dictator, mm-hmm. is that they do the same kind of projection with Biden and China. So the, if you listen to them, you know, China, first of all, they're the, all of them are still the China is going to eat our lunch crowd, which is horseshit. Like this literally, I don't know if people know this, like iron ore dropped 4% like that last week because- Goldman Sachs uh, said the, the real estate market in China is not going to recover anytime soon. It's stuck. It's dead. And it's going to dwindle. Yeah. Iron ore in the world went down 4% because they're not going to be building, building. Like that That price sh- shift alone, if this was the 70s, that would be as much news as the OPEC oil embargo. Um, but they just don't, like nobody cares because they, they've lived in this idea that Biden, Beijing Biden, Biden's owned by China because- they can see how Trump was manipulated by Russia. They can see how easy it would be to manipulate Trump because he walked out there and he was like, I can't see why it wouldn't be mm-hmm. Russia mm-hmm. or it would be it was that kind of idea. Um, whereas Biden has, again, if he got all that money, China paid him to fuck with them because it's been he Biden has taken every tariff or uh, or trade, uh, you know, sanction and doubled it. Basically, yeah. since yeah. he got in an office, it's it, like no one has been this bad towards China since Mao was murdering tens of millions of his own people. Now, there's been no American president that has been harder on China since Nick since before Nixon than than Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But they you know, they still try to sell this because they 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 need that to obfuscate the fact that they're aware that it'd be real easy to take Trump. It'd be real easy to. Just you just offer him a building, some hot chicks, and and some of his debt to go away, and he's like, "Oh, oh, the nukes, they're here, 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 and here. I can give you, I can give you a printout. Give me a, give me a little while to have it uh, to copy it for you, and we'll send you over a binder.
2: <laughs> right. There's a copy
1: machine in the fucking room. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, like, I'm amazed right now, and how tenuous. A lot of his hot, hardcore supporters, their grasp on reality is pretty bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're but bullshit the detectors. I mean, there's, there's a, like what 70, 72 million people in this country have a, a busted bullshit detector.
1: See, I, but it, well, part of it though. Yeah. Because again, some of it's got to be on us. Some of it's got to be on us. Yeah. And 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 on our side, that's again, this goes to the People Magazine issue, and it's a, mm-hmm. a, a good way to wrap up. I don't know how long we have, and i I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm talking forever. But the,
2: it's up to you, yeah. man.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. We'll, okay. we'll go to the half hour point And that seems reasonable for most people's ears, I guess. Okay. So, um, yeah, but, um, the, again, you can look at the people magazine thing and you can say, those people are fucking stupid. They're mm. awful. They're bad people. And I don't know why they're, why is she like that to him? And why is he like that to her and blah, blah, blah. Or you can go, how, how, if I was in that situation, how would I fix it? How would I be better, the bigger person in that circumstance? Or would I just leave yeah. or whatever? Like that's where it has value. Any kind of allegorical use of somebody else's problem, that's where it has value. It's the birth of advice. And the same thing has to be true of our relation to our fellow Americans. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the right has a knee jerk reaction right now, because they know that they're run by the extremity of their party. Um. That they have to defend because there's there they have fewer there are fewer Republicans than Democrats in the country. So when they go percentage of Republicans versus percentages of Democrats, it's a false narrative, because there are more in the 50% of Democrats, there are millions more people than there are in the 50% of Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem they are aware of. So every single situation. They have to fight to get every voter they have. We always have to get every vote out. But when we did, when it was easy, when people could vote by mail, the majority of people voted by mail, you just turn out in American history and Biden won by eight million votes. This scares the living shit out of them. Yeah, they know this.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And the people who voted, you know, by mail for Trump, you know, who slacktivist voted in their minds were voting against a couple of things and they weren't new to Trump. They were voting against an open border and communism and uh the transing the kids forcing transgenderism on a child and making boys into girls and girls into boys against their will yeah and and the gay agenda and shit like that there's a mix of that stuff and then there was a big chunk of them that were for trump and there was a big chunk that were for the tax breaks or they were you know the tax breaks folks are kind of economically they don't believe in the government really affects almost anything in their life honestly they can get around it either either in their state or out in the world so they don't really give a shit. so they just care about the tax breaks for themselves in the same way that like Republican anti-choice people don't really care about any other issue but that and they figure if they need an abortion they can just send their daughter you know overseas and or to Canada yep. she will get one visit her aunt and come back that's what they did forever mm-hmm. so they know it the rules don't apply to them fully so they just want to tighten the rules for either political reasons or for uh, the other other the the the, the nudniks the people below them right the 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 morlocks to their Eloy, eloi <laughs> and yeah yeah, yeah. perfect and so um so these folks there, there's a mix of people in that 72 million and some of them were bullshitted or bought the narrative some of them were just old and habitual some of them were sold a bill of goods whatever uh anybody who's gullible and actually wants a solution to a problem we agree on can come around And Hillary Clinton and 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 Biden both tried fairly well to discern between those groups. Yeah. To go look, they're conservatives. You're going to be conservatives. We're not going to change that. You guys are going to vote Republican every time. But you got to vote for Republicans. We can at least argue with. We can come to some kind of consensus because it's a goddamn democracy. Mm -hmm. You know, we we have to be a functioning country. And there's a majority of voters on both sides that believe that. But they will vote R or D because that's their side on it. That's the party that best represents their values, even when it goes you know, slightly awry in their mind. Yeah. Um, Because, they, you know, Republicans who went through Nixon don't give a shit about Trump. It's a bump. But there is a section of the the maggots of the world, which uh, Hillary called the basket of deplorables, and where Biden tries to differentiate between the MAGA crowd and Republicans. He does it all the time. MAGA is basically a terrorist organization within Mm -hmm. the Republican Party, hell-bent on mostly terrorizing Republicans, ironically enough. But that Biden tries to distinguish between... Republican conservatives and people who are traditionally conservative and maggots and there and the inmates running the asylum is not a good thing. And he's talking about the inmates. He's not talking about the asylum. He's not talking about the guards. He's not talking about the doctors. He's talking about this particular point. But the Republicans have done this thing the last couple of times because they know they need all these voters and they got to motivate them is that they think we're all maggots. They he means all of us. He's declared war on 72 million voters. He's declared war on half of America. He's dividing the whole country when in reality, he's not. He's actually trying to bring back in the majority of Republicans Mm -hmm. and the and the maggot crowd, the Trump crowd specifically, cannot allow that because once they separate off, you get a you you get a Bernie versus the establishment situation that they have to manage. And again, Democrats can manage that because on the one hand, we share beliefs in the problem. We just differ on the solution largely to a lesser extent than the maggots and the regular Republicans do. But it's definitely there but also we're dealing in volume. There are more what people would refer to as establishment Democrats as human beings than any other voting bloc in the country. Mm -hmm. And if we had a parliamentary style election process, that's who would run everything all the time. Establishment Democrats what, you know, that everybody calls like, you know, moderate Democrats who believe in talking to people, liberals, true liberals would run the entire country. Nobody else would even be able to form a coalition because of the volume of people and a bunch of people who are Republicans who are afraid of the more extremes of the Democratic Party, but that they've been believed that it's communist or socialist or any of that shit they would give that up and join the coalition of the liberal Democrat mm-hmm. kind of, you know, large center left body of voters. And that's how we got gay marriage. It's how the volume of voters is. And the Republicans know that. So they have to they got to squeeze every extremist out. They can't afford to lose a single one. Yeah. So every time we talk about separating the two groups of the Republicans. They have to do this big hug to, you know, we're all, no, we're all maggots. We're all maggots. We all love Trump. We have to do that. And it has to be feverish in how they're doing it. Now, Mm -hmm. the last time Biden did that, he knows that's what happens every time. And that's what killed the red wave. And it's what's going to get him reelected. Because when he gets closer to that, he's going to say, I'm not against The, you know, you know, Chris Christie or one of these people says some things. And I think we could if he was a senator and I was a senator, we'd be able to sit down and talk about these things. That's how he'll talk about them. Yeah. Which will enrage the maggots and Trump. And their only reaction will be we're all in this. Chris Christie isn't even one of us. He's one of you. We're the Republican Party. If you're a real R, this is what real R is. And when they're allowed to do that, the. Right-leaning independents, the people who were who were Republicans and voted for Bush and were embarrassed to their Bush votes twice and have been calling themselves independents ever since will either become Obama-Biden voters like they were before or they'll just sit it out. But they're certainly not going to come to the plate for Trump. And they and the Republicans know this right now, and that's the fight that's going on. And my advice is let them. Yeah. The Democrats' entire job right now has to look like is to look like good managers getting on with normal life right right Biden does a great job it's a bunch of senators that do it really well and and the the squad lost a lot of their um their tv time because because effectively they had they gave up some of it i think and our understanding that this is how you actually get the things you really want done they'll take time it will be incremental you will get it though mm-hmm. on some scale it might not always be but you can't do that young Turks bullshit. If we don't get everything, nobody gets anything. Right. It doesn't fly anymore. And they're watching that play out on the Republican side of the aisle, they're looking at the Freedom Caucus and going, oh, I see. So the Freedom Caucus is a larger version of the squad and the Bernie crowd on our side, and, except they have done what we always said we would threaten to do, which is draw these hard lines and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting anything done. Yeah, They're not getting any of their wish lists done. And And when we did that stuff, when we participated in that, we lost the Supreme Court. And this is serious, and it's a serious lifelong endeavor. It's constant gardening. It's nonstop work. And none of it's going to be revolutionary. Sorry, we, we had a revolution. We got a constitution out of that revolution. No more revolutions. We have to build on what we have. And unfortunately, we established these truths to be self-evident. Yeah, The, the establishment is what the founding fathers did. And then you build that that's the foundation that's why they're the founding fathers not the roof or the chimney fathers they're the the, the foundation of it and then you build up from that you're not going to retool democracy to take power away from individuals at, anytime soon and get what you want in so far as saving the most people protecting the most people and and helping the vulnerable you're yeah, going to have yeah. it's a team effort you can't dive in for every drowning person. You got to form a line, get a, you know, get a plan in order and throw a rope to them and have enough people heavy enough to pull them out. And uh, otherwise, you just lose more good people. And that's that's the lesson that, the, you know, I think our side is coming to learn. Yeah, you don't have to be centrist and forget about your values, but you do have to play a long game and you can't just go. it, it, it You can't be the party of Hail Mary passes.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what the Republicans are becoming right now. Yeah. And that's, you know, everybody who's trying to stop that McCarthy, ironically, with his his stupid, weird, (laughs) condescending substitute teacher voice. Yeah. This is the thing. (laughs) I mean, we're looking into these things and this kind of like I'm so amazed Uh of who for all the macho bullshit they talk about. (laughs) How wussy the guys they are have running everything. Like it's the exact opposite of whatever they're standing. You got Ted Cruz, who's basically like this <laughs> is, is, is like a, a distant cousin of George H.W. Bush playing Wolverine. Except right. I left, I my I, I put my costume in the dryer, and it melted the foam. Um you know, all their ideas of of you know macho and strong, even mm. Trump just this flabby orange circus peanut yeah. who couldn't bench couldn't bench press one of his grandkids must less a hundred pounds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know um, how they do that, it.
2: It's an amazing marketing I don't either. Beat. Yeah.
1: It's a, oh yeah. It's impressive. I mean uh-huh. they have to I guess at some point you'd have to come up with a, a, those like jacking uh <laughs> like masturbation fantasy flags of him with a muscular body for those because you can't <laughs> bullshit yourself that much for that long. Right. Holy God.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but so I, I think what we have to do is because Biden and, and Hillary Clinton making the giant distinction between maggots and regular Republicans
4: mm-hmm.
1: was their attempt to try and, you know, separate people that they could actually talk to and understand that once you start talking to traditional conservatives and you don't vilify them in the same breath as you know the maggots anymore because you've You've made it clear who you're talking to. Yeah. That's difficult on social media. It's difficult in the modern society because everybody wants to grab that soundbite and make it sound like you're talking about everybody.
2: Right. This is a good um, point, because, you know, the thing I keep thinking about, Hal, is yeah. how uh, we need to recognize that there are different strata in the political debate. And Joe mm-hmm. Biden has to behave a certain way that uh, isn't the way we normally behave on Twitter. We have a job right. and we can throw the red meat around. And we can be flamethrowers on social media. That's right. But Joe Biden can't do that. He has to take a different mm. approach. And I think if we begin to realize that these are yeah. separate tracks to be on, yes. I think the better off we'll all be. And the more satisfied, I think, a lot of people on the left we'll be will with be with doing. Joe Biden. Exactly right. Exactly. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, you know, uh, the TYT people are kind of lost down the fight, fighty, fight, fighty, fight fight, fight, fight. Okay, You don't (laughs) fight, I'm sorry. It's Mm -hmm. a stupid analogy. Anybody who's actually been in a fight knows anybody who talks about fucking legislation as if it's a fight is full of shit. Mm -hmm. Like I've never seen a boxing match in my life where they touched gloves and then they went to a corner and both of them sat down and started working on the amendments process. Shut (laughs) the fuck up. You're not fighting. You're arguing the point and you have to be convincing. I need people who aren't fighters. I need people who are convincers who can actually explain the, both the problem and the solution in a way that engages people who aren't necessarily primed to believe it or primed to actually understand that this might, this will help them yeah, as yeah. well as the people that are in trouble right so that's that's real democracy the fighty fight fight stuff is just uh, it's childish and analogous nonsense and it drives me crazy yeah that said there is an area where the, you know he's got to do it on an upper strata but on a lower strata we can do this all the time and confound the living shit <laughs> out of the other side mm-hmm. because if we make that distinction you know, but like where they go, what what they call rhinos is like anybody who fucking listens to another person. Oh yeah, that will drive them crazy. You like, you know what I mean? Describing when they try to use rhinos as a pejorative, we we sh- we can still make fun of the fact that Republicans are fighting amongst themselves by going, oh yeah, they're they're calling him a rhino because he didn't hit someone with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that those kind of distinctions, or they, they're calling him a rhino because he, you know, he. Uh, He thinks he wants the country to survive long enough for another tax break. What a weirdo. Right. You know, those kind of elements where you can still, you know, help that bifurcation along. Because it needs to happen for the health of the country. The the, the you know when, I love it when they talk about marginalized communities in in the vernacular of the country mm. because there are there are marginalized communities that deserve it like Nazis. Yeah. We as a society a long time ago the Klan we decided to marginalize those folks and <laughs> they are marginalized even when they marched in Charlotte even when they marched in Skokie even when they gather together if they if they try to gather in bigger groups. We don't put up with it. And so they are a marginalized group. Some people earn that marginalization like that. And if you can, you know what the maggots in the Republican side tries to do is, you know, a let the existence of those people existing for real, the Nazi esque element of their, you know, of the proud boys and their gathering crowd, you know, these Hmm. kind of, um, the the racist and, and largely anti-Semitic element of their, you know, of their crowd. Um, that rightly earn the label of nazi for example use that their existence and the desire for people on the right side on the republican side to um at least hear some of the gripes if they don't agree with the nazi-esque ones about the final solution for the problem they might still believe that well we can't have an open border that's the mm-hmm. idea so they're like anybody who wants an open border they call a nazi i'm like no 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 that guy <laughs> uses the open border you know Nonsense. He talks about it in Uh those terms, but because he hates brown people, not because A, the border's open and because he just wants Trump in because he thinks that guy's sufficiently racist enough for me. Mm -hmm. That's not the same thing. But they'll tell other Republicans they're calling anybody who's against absolute just a stampede at the border a Nazi. And that's because they want to say they're calling you a Nazi. They want Mm -hmm. people to be offended by the fact that Democrats are allegedly doing this, which we are not. Yeah. And so the more we can help that thing along, and going, we're not talking about you. Nobody's asking for open borders in that regard. Nobody, nobody like it's like wanting asylum seekers to get their asylum claims heard and and proper, properly approaching them and have a, a decent system at the border by which you do. So is not ringing the dinner bell and just saying everybody in. We don't care if you care about our, you know, our constitutional system of government. It's mm-hmm. just silly. Yeah, like, and, yeah. and the idea that Latin Americans who would come up here automatically, who live here for a while, would automatically vote Democratic is an absurdity because a lot it of them is. are Catholic. A lot of them are religious yeah. conservatives. Uh, uh, they would be they would be one issue voters for, you know, on abortion, quite frankly, when it comes up again. And it will. Yeah. So uh, it, there's no guarantee of this. It's the same thing with Puerto Rico, like Port, uh, Puerto Rico statehood does not automatically benefit Democrats. It might for a time. But once they have statehood and it starts to matter, there's going to be a big fight about the the sort of pro-life Catholic movement in in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and the idea of where what position women should have in the home and in the world or whatever that will be part of the conservative aspect of that, uh, you know, of Puerto Rican culture that will work its way to the top once it has a say. And, yeah. and so but I'm for it because they should have a say. And I feel like I could talk them out of it because that's the point. You should be able to convince people and argue with them, not fight. Right. And so. You know, going forward, I think one of the things, if we're going to do anything, if you, if if your enemy is kicking it, if, if you know, if he's trying to stuff his head up his own ass, don't get in the way. <laughs> but if you can help him along without getting your hands dirty, mm-hmm. I think there's some element in that. And and one of the areas is uh, with the with the maggot crowd fighting the Republicans is that if you can. Come to the soft defense of conservatives, just being just—they just want to speak their mind, free speech, man. They should be able to. They should be able to, you know, use those that that language that they use so flippantly, like patriot and free speech and Second Amendment, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Use that kind of language against the maggots, and it will free some of the the original conservatives to either ease up on their absolutism against Biden, you know, being a normal president, quite frankly, yeah. and and of course keep them from buying hook, line and sinker, the future Trumps of the world.
2: I mean, that was Biden's job or one of his many jobs becoming president is yep. to reacquaint the American people with what it means to be a competent president, what it means to be a mm-hmm. sane and rational leader and to not be in our living rooms 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And it, it right. was never that way. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and that's by the way, that's one of the problems that Republicans have right now is that's why they're trying to jumpstart this Burisma corruption kind of thing or whatever mm-hmm. is they're trying. The, the interesting thing is the the. The reality with Trump was his own activity made us white knuckle the presidency for four years. Everybody oh, yeah. waking up, even his supporters were like, is he going to wake up and fuck up everything? And <laughs> yeah. and the people who hated him were like, is he going to wake up and fuck up? What am I going to read on Twitter that he actually launched today or fucked up mm-hmm. and and or or ruined or set about or allowed to happen? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Biden, none of that is true. Nobody's worried about that shit. And the, and uh, on their own. And so Republicans are trying to jumpstart that shit with this barisma nonsense as best they can, but it's not serving that purpose. Uh, if there was no Trump, it would serve the purpose of diminishing the Democratic president to some yeah, degree to try right. and get their guy in. But all it's doing right now is, see, is serving as sort of a PR counterbalance to the real shit Trump finds himself in. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, and and it and so therefore it almost has no impact on the election. It's more. It's just obfuscation. Like all oh, mm-hmm. p- politicians are corrupt. Well, there's a class of voter who believes that, or buys into that, or votes according to that, or, or, or should I say, rather doesn't vote according to that. So, and that it's not going to change a fucking thing. All uh, Biden's voters are coming back next time. Yeah. Maybe he'll shave off a million people, but it'll still be plenty. And Trump's not going to get right. anywhere near the votes he got last time if he even makes it to the primary. <laughs> I, I doubt. I seriously doubt.
2: Oh, my God. Um, because it's
1: just because uh, and again, I, I think the speedy trial aspect of this is important. If he was innocent, mm. he would want a speedy trial. Right. He's going to try and punt it. The reality is the more information that comes out about what he had. And how long he had it and how hard he fought to keep it and the and the conspiracy he engaged in with Walt Nada to hide those boxes, bring them over, leaf through them, put them back when he and then lie to his attorney saying nobody's touched him since the last time you were here. The more of that that comes out, the more screwed he is with his own voters, yeah. with the vast yeah. majority of his own voters. And and they're going to see they're going to try and find another out. They're going to try and find DeSantis or Chris Christie or somebody like that, that they're going to go, OK, this will this is normal. What's this, we'll run this as our Biden in that regard. The problem mm-hmm. is um, the rest of the voters, the 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 rest of the, you know, the maggots that are supporting Trump and the people who are still tangentially attracted to him. They're they're going to be more vengeful towards that person than they ever will be towards Biden. Biden hates rhinos. I mean, uh, Trump hates uh, rhinos more than he hates Biden.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, no doubt about
1: that. Yeah, I'm
2: absolutely convinced. And he will of that. keep yeah. that. He
1: yeah. will attack them more. He has a hard time attacking Biden. Mm. He really does because he's jealous of the money that he thinks Hunter made. Yeah. He has yeah. the mythology around Hunter Biden's finances is as big as the mythology in Trump's mind about Obama and his uh you know the the dictatorial stuff that he did they yeah, they made that yeah. shit up and they're convinced he's like oh my god this guy got a billion dollars from china where is it like uh, a you're talking about investments made through a company hmm. he might have gotten a part a 10% of 10% of the profits but that's that's what investment firms do secondly you don't get to keep that shit and secondly it didn't fucking happen yeah so uh, thirdly so it's that's that's the problem that they're going to deal with and I, like i said i think we There's a lot to mocking them incessantly about their own infighting, because the more you mock them, they're not going to get together and and giving Republicans that used to be sensible and we just disagree about the solution an out because they don't have to be an enemy. They can still be an opponent. And I think and I'm giving them a giving letting them off the hook as an enemy, as an enemy does not let them off the hook as a political opponent. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a distinction. Otherwise, your anger means nothing. You just hate everybody. If everybody's a Nazi, nobody's a Nazi. It's, right. the, it's the, it's this it is the story of I am legend. <laughs> I am legend. Not the shitty uh, movie version that they did, or even the last man on earth uh, that, you know, Vincent price movie. Yeah. But the story of the book is very, you know, is, is a cautionary tale about, you know, m- political and religious purists that this guy gets up every day and he's the last man on earth and he kills vampires there's vampires everywhere. And so it, during the day he comes in at night, they come and try to tear his house down and kill him and, and suck his blood or whatever. And then during the day he sneaks out cause they can't go out and he stabs him and stuff. And then he realized at one point they finally break in and they get him and they crucify him. They string him up and he, and he, the last thought he has in his head is I am legend because he realizes he's the boogeyman. Yeah. He, every, that in a world of vampires, he was the only being killing anyone else. Oh, he was man. the only person going house to house murdering people because they're monsters. Right. He didn't make a distinction between any of them or even the situation. And he certainly didn't try to live among them. He thought it was his mission to kill them. And then he realized, oh, my God, I am I am the boogeyman. God. I am who they tell their children about. And so, again, if everybody's a Nazi, you're the Nazi.
2: Mm-hmm. God, that's genius, but That's man. what the Nazis—
1: yeah. It's true. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's, and so at a certain point, if you can't make a distinction anymore, you scare the living shit out of me.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: If you can't distinguish between people who mean well, but are wrong and people who are wrong on purpose and people who are wrong on purpose and mean ill. yeah, And those are three distinct groups of people. You can't tell them apart. Um, first of all, you'll kill the first undercover cop you come across mm-hmm. um, because you don't understand the depth or complexity of any kind of circumstance on that level. But also, you're the bad guy in that situation. Mm-hmm. You that's, become that's the villain, a, villain at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we have to avoid, if we really care about the things we say we care about, that's one of the tougher parts. It is harder to be a Democrat than it is to be a Republican. It is more difficult to be a liberal than it is to be a conservative.
2: Absolutely. Because
1: all conservatives have to do is tap the brakes. Yep. Liberals have to go, look, people live differently. We got to see how this works. We got to open up the space and see if it's a, you know, this might be a plus. It might be a negative too, but we got to make the space for it because these unanswered questions are driving everybody fucking crazy.
2: Right. Right. And there's an, there's an extra dimension now where we absolutely 100% of the time need to be the adults in the room. And I think sometimes yes. uh, some of us forget that, but that's part well, be of an adult who's yeah.
1: look, I take the piss out of my friends as as you know friend to friend. Again, if I'm criticizing someone or arguing with them, that is me affirming their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I question what you're saying, it's because I'm talking to a human being and I'm questioning your ideas and who you are. If I don't, the, you know, the moment I stop arguing with you, I either am just bored because you're an automaton. You sound like an NPC just repeating things. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, you know, uh, online, there's a lot of that shit. That's what the bots do. You're like, okay, this is just a fucking repetitive account. Right, right. But, at, you know, at some point, I you know, if I'm arguing with you, even if I'm vehemently arguing with you, if I'm playing at the sport of idea with you, I believe you're a human being, or I wouldn't even bother with the argument. It is an affirmation of someone that you go, I think you're full of shit. Think what you're saying is nonsense. I think it's garbage. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I think you're garbage. doesn't mean I think, you know, you're, you know, a, this is a permanent affliction, full of shit, we can empty the shit out of you. And apparently you'd still be a useful carcass, I suppose. But the point <laughs> being is that as human to human, I argue with humans, I don't argue with cats. I don't argue with dogs or birds or fucking trees. And so, uh, what we have to get to the point is, is that anybody who's arguing with you, whether they know it or not, is affirming is affirming your worth and your reality
4: Yeah. yeah. because
1: you are worth arguing with. And then and then we keep it on the argument level instead of it becoming war, mm-hmm. because war is the next step beyond that. You are not a human to me. You're an animal because you're trying to bite me and I don't have any other recourse. You're trying to, you know, consume me. You're You're, yeah. you're trying to sink your fangs into me or your scales or your claws. And so I got to do something about it. We have to keep shy of that all the time. So yeah. our job is to keep stuff funny mm-hmm. and silly. And then, um and one of the best things.
2: Oh yeah. To be clear, I wasn't, use. I wasn't talking yeah. about me or you. We don't have to be the adults mm-hmm. in the room all the time. I'm talking about leadership. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I, what I'm saying is yeah, yeah. Well,
1: among us, yeah. we, we, we do have to see the humanity and the people we're arguing with. Right. And I think one right. of the areas. You know, again, another tool I can put in people's toolboxes is telling Republicans as, that argue online, mm. like uh, calling them up tight and telling them they need to fucking relax. Yeah. And rec- make them recognize <laughs> how wound up they are over nothing. Yeah. And that drives that, first of all, it'll drive the right ones crazy. And it'll make the right the, the other ones aware.
2: Yeah, three words: lighten up, Francis. That's a great yeah, exactly. reply to any of these a holes. that's yeah.
1: that's that's right. Yeah, and and so uh, because they they've got they're so invested, you're like, dude, fucking relax. None of that's true. Go fucking have an ice cream, and uh, and they'll awesome. go ice cream. You'd say about Biden, Biden, Biden. Like right, yeah, but anyways. Um, Dude, thanks for having me on, by yeah. the way. I know Oh, I holy
2: shit, yeah. Long, I, I, but it's what I do. I can't thank you enough. This has been a master class. But you know what? I got to have you back on really soon because yes. I, I have a whole bunch of questions that I was going to ask you about you because I, I know very little about your history prior to Queer as Folk. And so sure. I want to get into all of that. I want to know what nine-year-old House Sparks is like. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I gotta have you back on. We're gonna do that next time. But in the meantime, how can people, I love that idea? How can people find yeah. your amazing uh, YouTube show?
1: Uh, InfotainmentWars.com. Yeah. There you go infotainmentwars.com we don't need the documents we have everything memorized and um they can go to twitch.tv slash and subscribe there um patreon is also one of the ways people support me patreon.com slash i try to get my you know i try to brand everything across evenly so i'm easy to find but the idea is yeah. to build this into something because i'm i'm ice skating uphill against my you know with my show against you know accounts that have millions of subscribers right and yet i'm having the same level of viewers and I find that interesting. Yeah. But um, anyways, so that's that's where people can find me. And I I won't say, you know, I will tease um you know the the next show a little bit when we go into a you know a bit of my background. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as far as the three times I've done CPR, the seven times I've saved drowning people, the uh wow. um school bus um fights that I got into, the uh um the the tourniquet I put on my scout my uh assistant Scoutmaster's leg when he hit his own shin with a, uh chainsaw. Um, the, uh, the yeah. fact that I used to hang around in the lobby of a urologist's office. Um, the fact that I, um, have been to the Frankfurt Capitol more times than, uh, Mitch McConnell has, um, uh, the, and, and the fact that I, um, once, uh, um, I, I, I killed a rattlesnake with my bare hands. So I will just none of it this that. surprises and, uh, me at all, 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 by the
2: way. Yeah.
1: Nope. All of them. All of those true. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All true
2: stories. Yeah, of course.
1: All true stories. And, um, and I will, uh, gladly defend them. And by the way, I, I have witnesses. I also caught a fly with chopsticks. Um, but if, and, uh, that And that start, wow. that's a real moment that really actually happened. And uh, Chris Bono will tell you he was there and watched it occur. So he was, we are on the road. But uh, other than that, uh, there's nothing really special oh about God. me except my hair and my <laughs> physique and my smile. In my eyes.
2: Well, I I, got to, I really, I got to thank you for doing that show, that streaming show that you do twice a day. It is invaluable. And and just from a personal point of view, basking (laughs) in your optimism and your informed optimism, more importantly, Mm -hmm. is just a a wonderful uh, way to jump out of that white hot plasma stream of the. Social media debates and all that bullshit that happens. Yeah. uh, And and just uh, absorbing what you have to say about (laughs) the worst possible people in the world on the Internet. So thank you for doing that.
1: uh, My pleasure. I'm glad. You know, that's the the entire goal of my show is to handle everything fully in context Mm. and make people recognize they have they have nothing to panic about. And if they have if there's anything to be genuinely afraid of, I will either offer a solution or help us get through it. Right. And uh, and that's that's, I think, a valuable use of my time on this planet. And so that's why I'm glad I get to do it. So thanks, man.
2: Well, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you again next time.
1: I insist.